when I was a kid, I mean, I went, I was 13, 14 years old and I was 235 pounds. I hated myself. I hated myself. I was, I was a size 38 jeans or 40 jeans when I was a, a kid. Um, I had glasses. I was awkward. I was, there was points where I'd go to the doctor with my parents and my doctor would be like, you got to put this kid on a diet. He's going to have heart disease. And by the time he's 16, 17 years old, like I was fat. Um, and for me, I, I realized that no one was going to do it for me, that I had to do it for myself, that I had to make these changes for myself. It was going to the gym. It was pushing myself a little bit harder. It was being uncomfortable. You know, I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I was more uncomfortable fat and out of shape than I was in a workout, though. So it was like it was one or the other. Hi, I'm Pete McCall. Welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is a guest for this episode, my friend from New York, Kenny Santucci. One of the things I miss about living on the East Coast is going to the city, New York City, maybe once a quarter, once every, probably every other month, once a quarter. When I worked in D.C., I worked for a health club company that was based out in New York. And as an educator, we would have meetings up there on a regular basis. And there are actually a couple times when I would did this a couple times. I literally would hop on the 5 a.m. Acela, get to Penn Station, hop on the 1 and the 9 down to Wall Street. I would teach a workshop all day in New York. And then I'd hop on the Acela get, and get back home and be back home in D.C. by 9.30 or 10 o'clock that night. I did that a couple times. and It wasn't a regular thing. And I would also get up there on a regular basis. After I left that job, I worked for another. I moved to Boston, and I worked for another company that had locations in New York City. We had the Reebok Sports Club, which is now an Equinox on the Upper West Side. And it really is. I love going to the city. It's been a little bit more than a year since my last time in New York City. One of the things I love about the city is the energy. Is you have this 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 just pace and you have people and in your if you haven't been to New York it can be somewhat intimidating because people are going all the time people are going 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 but one of the cool things one of the really cool things about New York is there are so many little neighborhoods the city can seem overwhelming there are what, eight to ten million people in the city I forget the exact number the city itself can seem so overwhelming. But if you live in one of these neighborhoods, you live in a community where people do know each other. I used to go visit a friend when I would go up there for work. Sometimes I'd stay an extra day with a friend of mine who lived on the Upper West Side. And we'd go walk around the Upper West Side in his neighborhood. And he'd be, he seemed like he knew half the people working in the restaurants. It seemed like he, we'd walk down the street. He'd be saying hi to people. Part of that was he was another instructor. And he knew a lot of them from the gym. But I'm saying this because New York is a lot of things. And, and New York can seem very intimidating. New York can seem like there's a lot of bad stuff going on. But at its heart, New York is made up of the people who live there. And the people who live there, they might be a little bit different than the people here in San Diego. <laughs> they might be very different from the people of San Diego. But the people who live there, when they get to know you, they genuinely care about you. And I know that sounds weird, right? I know if you've been in New York, maybe you've been to Times Square and it can seem so overwhelming or maybe you've just been there one or two times and it can seem, oh my goodness, how can anybody live here? But I mean it, my, my experience with New York is that the people who live there 
are, it can seem intimidating, they can seem a little bit gruff, they can have a rough exterior, but really at their core, they're very good people. And the reason why I say that is my conversation today with Kenny Santucci is the epitome of New York. And I want to give you a heads up. Kenny is probably one of the better coaches I know. And I mean that. Kenny really cares about his people. He really does. He's a smart programmer. He knows how to design great workouts. He can get you sweating. He can help you. He he can help you reach your goals. And he really is genuinely a really good guy. And just to give you a little warning about this conversation, this is a very frank and, and just direct conversation. And generally on the on the podcast, I try to keep from going blue. If, if going blue means using a lot of curse words, means you have the X-rated scenes. I really, as, as for my listeners, I really respect you, and I try not to 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 use too many curse words. Not that that I'm against it. I really don't care. Off off air. I probably drop, there are certain times where I sound like, yeah, I, I drop a lot of curse words. But if you're just giving me your time to, to listen to the podcast, I really try to respect that. And I try, and I want to respect you. And I try to stay away from that. Part of this conversation with Kenny, though, is catching up with him about the fitness scene in Manhattan. Kenny has been dealing, like a lot of trainers that I know in New York, has been dealing with a significant loss of business as a result of, of COVID. And in fact, we, we reference one, I'm re, I recorded a different introduction, but I'm recording this introduction a little bit differently because I want to sh- give a shout out. We, we reference one of our friends. We have a mutual friend, a guy named Rick, Rick Ritchie. Rick and his partner, Aaron, his business partner, Aaron, Rick and his business partner, Aaron, had to close their studio recently because of of COVID. And, and I, we, we referenced Rick and it was a tough thing to see. When I got that email, Rick was one of the, Rick opened a studio called Recover and I interviewed him a little bit more than a year ago about that. And it really was hard to hear that Rick had to close his business as a result of this. And so some of what you're going to hear from Kenny is you're going to hear a very raw, a very raw conversation full of emotion from Kenny's point of view. Because Rick isn't the only one that we know who had to, had to shut down his studio. And you'll hear Kenny talk about that. So when Kenny drops these curse words, I didn't want to stop him. Part of this is a, is a little bit of a therapy session for Kenny and I, right? Both of us have, have lost a lot of business with everything fitness being shut down. So part of this conversation is a little bit of therapy where we're kind of consulting with each other. And I also want you to listen to, listen to the end. I really encourage you to listen to the end because Kenny might sound a few opinionated about a few things, but it comes from a place of love. It really does. When we recorded this, for example, when we recorded this, you'll hear some background noise because Kenny was at the Jersey Shore on a vacation with his family. And, and that's one of the things about, about people from the, the New York, New Jersey area is yes, they might seem a little gruff. They might their exterior might be a little bit rough, but it really for them it's it's about family, it's about connection, it's about community, and that's what you're going to hear, especially towards the end of our conversation today, when Kenny talks about his passion for why he does what he does. It comes from a very personal personal place. Kenny has worked as a model. He's been on TV. But he didn't always, he, he's like a lot of us, he has struggled with his weight. He has struggled with his appearance. Kenny has lost family members due to poor health and poor fitness decisions. So when you hear, when you hear some of this, that's what I'm saying is because I'm prefacing it. 
because you might hear you might hear us say one or two things that sound like, wow, that sounds really opinionated. Understand that it comes from a place of, place of love. It comes from a place of passion. It comes from a place of caring about people in our lives. And I really want you, I really want you to listen to that. Going through the editing for this, going through the editing for this episode, I'm, I'm hearing it and I'm going, man, what? I almost, and, and, and Kenny, if you're listening to this, I almost spiked the interview because uh, because of language. And I'm not, that, that that's on me for maybe should I should have said something uh, at the beginning, but I just kind of started rolling. We started rolling into the conversation uh, with the record button on. But I, what I really want you to listen to is the passion and the commitment and, and why Kenny got into fitness and what his ultimate goal is. That really is, to me, that's what came out. And, and it comes towards the end of the interview. So if you need to hit fast forward a little bit, we, we talk a little bit about New York. We talk a little bit about the current situation there. But I really encourage you to listen towards the end of the interview for some very powerful messages of, of, what, of why we both do what we do and what we both hope to do. But we both want to get out of being fitness coaches. What we both want to do, what Kenny and I both want to do, what a lot of my guests, most of my guests, in fact, I wouldn't have anybody on the show that's not dedicated, that doesn't have his mindset. But what we want to do is we want to use exercise to help you improve your quality of life. That's it. During that, that's the discussion we get to. Now, in order to do that, if you're always looking, if you're looking for new exercise information, one of the reasons why I do this podcast is to promote the ebooks I write. I have an ebook called Dynamic Anatomy that can help you understand how your body moves. I just published an ebook on core training, and it comes along with a few core training workout programs. Now, this isn't core training like doing crunches and abs, but it's core training from the inside out, creating the foundation and building on it. I have an ebook that I'm getting, I'm just doing the final edits on it and getting ready to release it on exercise program design for the fountain of youth, how exercise can slow down the aging process. My book, Smarter Workouts, all these will be linked down below in the show notes. My book, Smarter Workouts, teaches you how to use exercise to do just that, to enhance your quality of life. And all that comes from a place of caring. This, is, this stuff comes relatively easy to me. And I mean that, that because I'm passionate about it. I love learning. One of the reasons I love writing is writing to me is an opportunity to learn something new. If I'm writing an article, if I'm writing an ebook, if I'm writing a book, I'm working on my second book right now called Ageless Intensity, How High-Intensity Exercise Slows Down the Aging Process. One of the reasons why I enjoy writing is it, it, it challenges me to learn something new, to get out and learn something new. And I say that, and the reason why I say that is I'm passionate to help you learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. My guest today, Kenny Santucci, has the same passion. So as you listen to our discussion Please just be aware, like I said, there, there's some language in there that might not be suitable for everybody, and I do apologize about that, but understand that Kenny is all about trying to help you get to a better version of yourself. So with that, here's my interview with Kenny Santucci. On the All About Fitness podcast today, it is fun to catch up with Kenny Santucci. Hey, Kenny, man, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate any chance I get to uh, chat with you because since I met you, I've always uh, admired what you've done. So, it's, uh, oh. all right, then we're done. That's all I wanted. Thanks, bud. <laughs> no, uh, I appreciate that. But one of the reasons why I'm catching up, why I want to catch up with you, one is you're in Manhattan, man. You're based out of Manhattan. And yep. say, I mean, here we are, middle of August 2020. 
And it's been a little, how would you describe the scene living in the area, in the New York, New Jersey area the last few months? God, I mean, just as shitty as everywhere else, you know, there's, um, there's not really much going on. You know, New York and New Jersey is still, I think, two of the only states that still haven't opened up their gyms. Um, they were supposed to be making an announcement today on, you know, what the status of all that is. Um, but the governors here in New Jersey and New York feel that it is the worst possible thing to open gyms. Now, do they truly believe that or not? I have no idea, but that's, that's the narrative that they're spinning. You know, and I'm coming to, you know, Kenny, when this first started, I have to say that I, I listened to everything the public health, all the public health officials were saying, right? We didn't know what this virus was. We, we had this perception that people would be dying by the dozens, by the, you know, by the scores that people would, and yes, there have been a, a tremendous amount of deaths and, and yes, people have lost family members and loved ones. But when you look at the numbers, Kenny, I did the, I was looking at the numbers this weekend. The fatality rate is 0.03%. Of all the cases of COVID in the United States, you know, you've had what, 5.6 million cases and the fatality rate is 170,000 some. You do the math on that, you're talking about a statistical rounding error. So how is it, I mean, can you understand, can you empathize a little bit with the governors that they're trying to do the right thing with a limited amount of information? No, no, because, you know, in a, in a piss poor attempt to save what they were, they were projecting that 400,000 people would die, right? In a piss poor attempt to save 400,000 people, we are, we're going to end up killing after this is all said and done 10 million, right? All the loss of jobs, all this chaos that was caused, all the stress that people are going to have now trying to find a job. I have clients who are, you know, I'm giving deals to and stuff because I know they're, they're out of work. They still want to continue to work out. They're stressed out of their brains. They're applying for jobs that 900, 2000 other people are applying for. You know, there's, you know, the homeless population and stuff in New York is out of control. Everybody who has money escapes to the suburbs and escapes to these beautiful areas where they don't really have to worry about anything. And people who still live in the cities and stuff, it's just like, it's, there's no rhyme or reason, you know, before when there were riots, there was, uh, you know, they're, they're fighting for a cause or there's, there's some direction there. I just feel like no one has any direction right now because nobody knows what the fuck is going on. You know, the, the U S is still in this limbo period. Everybody else, every other country has gotten back to some sort of normal. Whereas we, we continue to drag this on and it's all political. It's all bullshit. And, Yes, people have died. Sure. But people die every day. You know, I've had this argument with multiple people about I'm like, well, diabetes and heart disease still kill more people than COVID did. But it's not as fast. I go, I get that. But if you want to kill the fucking snake at the head, I go, then you stop the way we do business when it comes to food and agriculture and everything else like that. I go, we're killing people on a daily basis. And you don't even know it. I go, there are millions of people who die from the way they eat and the way they, they're, they're killing themselves. Well, I'm going to turn on you there for a second, Kenny, because you're absolutely right. I mean, when you look at the industrial food industry, sugar, the crap, and it's like, I, I ran the numbers on cancer ca days, uh, cancer deaths in California, like using 2018 or 2019 data and cancer itself, you know, the fatality rate in California, I didn't look nationally. But the fatality rate in California was about 25 to 30%. It was like 28% of cancer cases were fatal in 2018. 
So you're looking at almost a 30% fatality rate versus a 0.03% fatality rate. If we were truly concerned about cancer, if we were truly concerned about diabetes, we wouldn't be selling 80 ounce bottles of soda. We wouldn't be a happy meal wouldn't be four bucks, you know, so only the, the, the low income people could afford it. There's this whole, so I agree with you. you have, I, I, I totally agree that I've kind of like shifted my opinion a little bit. It's like, we have this huge thing. We're trashing our economy and in the name of quote unquote health, when in reality, you have so many other health disruptors out there that we're doing nothing about because somebody's making money on them. <laughs> my dad passed away last year um, of, uh, he had a stroke and then he had, had sped up his Alzheimer's and everything else. And he just, he got in the hospital and just never came out. The problem was that you go into a hospital and it doesn't even get you better. They give him this pill to do this and this pill to do this and this pill. And it's just like our healthcare system's fucked up. Like everything's fucked up. And we're, we're shutting down the world for what might be 400,000 deaths or we're shutting down the country. I get it. It's terrible. But at the same time, it's like, we're killing more than that. We're killing fucking kids with the way they, you know, they shovel food down their throat and shit. Um, so for me, it's yes. Are people going to die? Sure. But people are dying every day of other shit. Right. And no one cares. No one cares. Right. Because it, it's COVID, everyone should care. And you're saving people's lives. Okay. Then why are you feeding kids the garbage that you feed them. Why are we, why are we giving people all these pills that they, you know, they really don't need and people get these fucking opioid addictions and now they're fucked up on drugs and now they're, it leads you down a whole other path. Just, Oh, we could control COVID. No, you can't. You, you've made up 18 bullshit rules and laws. I'm out. I'm out yesterday and stay here. Don't do this. Put your mask on in this area. You don't need it in this area. You don't need it while you're sitting down, but you need it while you're standing up. It's like, it's almost like they're telling people to implement laws and rules just so they feel like they're doing something. That's, that's just it. And a friend of mine sent me an article about the whole fallacy of cleaning, of all the success of cleaning, because they're not finding that it lives on surfaces, that it's airborne. But you're right, man. Just yesterday, I mean, I was at the grocery store. And I'm trying to bag my own groceries and like, no, you can't put your bags on the counter here. And I'm like, uh, uh, it's just, it's like, what are the rules? You know, what are these? It's so arbitrary. It, and it really is just so it's like one day you can do this, but then tomorrow you can't do that. Or tomorrow we're going to do this. And even though we did that yesterday and it really is, I understand, you know, the way I try to frame it, the way I try to take the point of view is these are people trying to do the best with a limited amount of information. And I really try to like, when I go into a grocery store, like I didn't get mad at the grocery store people because it's not their, you know, it's not their responsibility. They're just implementing what they're told to do. Yeah. It, it's everything. It's, you know, somebody was saying that about the police and shit yesterday too. Uh, they were coming by and they're like, Hey, anybody who's in the area needs to sit down. They can't be standing up at their table. They have to sit down. So now what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Well, what's happened? What happened to the fitness scene in, in New York, Kenny? Because New York, I mean, you were you're working, at, and I know you left that you know, left it in the last year, about a year ago. But you've worked at some of the top studios and some of the top gyms and with some of the top people in New York. Our mutual friend Rick Ritchie, I've seen some of his posts about how he's had to deal with his landlord and rent, and he is like, I haven't been able to make money in my my facility for four months. Well, how do I? Why with the rent? What's happened to the fitness scene over the last couple of months as a result of this? Um. 
you know, there was a lot of people who left right away and everybody started doing these online workouts and some people really, you know, the cream rose to the tops. There were some people who really did a nice job with it and, uh, you know, started businesses. And then there's other people who just kind of gave up. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Your hands are tied. I mean, you know, I started, um, I started doing, uh, you know, online workouts and stuff and it didn't go as well. And then I started doing some park workouts and that's kind of where I shine a little bit is in person. So I've been doing that. Um, I didn't have, you know, some of the resources that other people did, but I did what I had to do to, to get by, you know? Um, so for me, uh, you know, kind of doing one-on-one classes, uh, one-on-one workouts and, you know, uh, small group training in the park has kind of kept me afloat, but there's a ton of people who just kind of gave up on it. And I think here we are five months now Well, in the beginning, right. Do you remember like, Oh, we just got to flatten the curve, flatten the curve. There haven't been any deaths in New York in two weeks. I guess that's good, but you're right. I mean, everything was about flattening that curve. All right. Sorry to cut in here, but I am super excited about this. I've been planning this for a while. I'm getting ready to launch it soon. Please check down below in the show notes. Yes, I've been promoting my book, Smarter Workouts, through the podcast. But starting soon, I'm going to be doing in-home training using Smarter Workouts. I'm putting up together a six-week workout program, a six-week home exercise program, where I will be coaching you via Zoom of how to do workouts from the book, Smarter Workouts. The price is still being determined. I'm looking at pricing a little bit less than $200. So it's going to be 18 sessions over six weeks, three sessions a week. If you can't make the live session, they will be recorded. You will have access to that. What we will do is we'll go through different workouts each week, and I will teach you how to progress the workouts on your own. Think of it as about 80% of a workout group and 20% book club where you can ask questions. You can get feedback about what you want to learn about designing exercise programs. And since we'll be doing it via Zoom, I'll be coming into your house. I can help you learn how to use the exercise equipment you have much more efficiently. That's going to be the Smarter Workout Small Group Training Program coming soon via Zoom. Check below in the show notes. Go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for the mailing list. I will send you a chapter of Smarter Workouts, and you'll be kept up to date on the small group training programs. Hey, what a great way. You can get in shape and learn how to exercise on your own all at the same time. So all you got to do is one six-week workout program with me, I will teach you how to design exercise programs that work for you and your body. Now, let's get back to the interview. Let me ask you this, because I don't think people realize that uh, those of us in fitness, Kenny, especially those of us that do group workouts, or maybe we speak to to groups like I do, we love being in front of an audience. That's one of the reasons why we do what we do, is that we, we thrive on giving energy to people and helping people, and we thrive on that human contact. Has that been... For me, Kenny, that's been one of the hardest parts, man. I hit a severe kind of a depression at late for a few weeks in late June and July, man. I kind of stuck my head in the hole. I started doing, I mean, I'm going to tell myself right here, right? I started doing a little, I went through a little baked goods phase where I started baking a little bit and eating a little bit. <laughs> I put on like 10 or 12 pounds. I seriously put on 12, 10 or 12 pounds. I stopped riding my mountain bike as much. I totally hit this depression. And, you know, thankfully I've come out of it now where I'm on the other side of it now, but I think is, has that been one of the hardest things to the fact that 
you you love I from what I know about you, Kenny, you love being around people and you love just like creating a community around fitness. And I have to imagine that that's one of the toughest things of going through this whole thing for any of us, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely weird because went from do, working so much. You know, I had a lot going on right before this all happened. I was trying to make a ton of money, and you know, it all kind of just fell apart. It, within the week, I lost tens of thousands of dollars. It just like shut down everything, everything I had. Going. Um, so for me, it's it's just been hard to deal with the fact that yeah, this is the new norm, and. I would get up some mornings and just be like, why the fuck am I getting out of bed? I'm pretty level. I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty level headed guy. And I, I started to get pretty depressed about this and I go through ups and downs for sure. There have been days where it's like, I'm fine. I'm okay. And I'm in a good mood like I normally would be. And then there's other days I'm just like, this sucks. Like I, I, I have nothing. You know? Well, let me give you a little advice. Don't start baking, man. Because <laughs> going back to what we talked about earlier, I mean, sugar's a drug, right? Sugar's a feel-good drug. And I totally was, I totally went on a freaking sugar binge in like late June, July. Cause I was just like, I I was supposed to be traveling around the world this year helping promote Nautilus. It's it's Nautilus 50, it's not it's the 50th anniversary for Nautilus. I'm supposed to be doing like a, a whole bunch of stuff with the company and and it just is like I you've been doing it virtual and and you're right, yeah, dude. I mean, we both. I mean, it's killed the the income stream, right? It's killed the income stream. And so when you when you see this, who, who other people who've adapted? Has anybody have you paid attention to that? Because a friend of mine actually had me do a tone house workout a couple of weeks ago to kind of show me like some, I give me some ideas about how to run a workout from home. Have you seen anybody who's done a good job of adapting and responding to this? I think Tone House does a great job with everything they do i think those guys are definitely marketing geniuses they really have a in new york if you ask me what the top gym in new york was i'd tell you tone house for sure um even though they only have one facility they they do a really great job of combining what works really well in crossfit works really well in boutique fitness and then shit that people love to do and they kind of mash it all together um aside from that uh for me I think there's there everybody kind of just did the same thing. They all did like the online stuff. And then now here we are, June, July, August, and people are just starting to catch on and doing the outdoor workouts. I started taking people outside in March. You know, this I think everything got shut down on a Monday in New York by Wednesday, because I was sitting home doing fucking zero. You know, everything I had going on, I was supposed to be away that week. I was supposed to be in California, actually. I just grabbed two kettlebells, went to the park, started doing fucking swings and filming videos. And, you know, I had a couple of clients reach out to me and be like, hey, I'm still here. Could I come? But what's crazy about New York and what's unique about New York is that 400,000 people, 500,000 people right off the bat left. You know, so if you had money or you have family who's got money, everybody left. So... I'd walk around New York and I'd film these videos of the streets just completely desolate, empty, nothing wow. around. Wow. Yeah. And it went from a boom to like complete silence, you know? Uh, and then you had in May, right? That's when all the fucking riots and stuff started. So people started coming out of the woodwork and now you got fires everywhere and broken glass and all this other shit there was a two, three month period there where the streets in New York were so clean. Like you could fucking eat off the ground because there's nobody around. There's nothing going on. There was, 
but uh, I don't know. I don't know if New York will recover. I don't know what the plan is, but I know real estate in New Jersey, Connecticut, um, Westchester, like all that skyrocketing because people are trying to get out. People don't want to go back. So investment tip for, for investment tip for listeners. If you're in the long game, New York real estate, you can, you too can become the next Donald Trump, you know, do use it down. I mean, right. Cause, but let's, let's take a look at that because every, every crisis like this, in all honesty, can present a different opportunity. You're right. Cause you're right. In, in, in March and April, it looked like the Instagram feed on my, my phone was throwing up fitness because everybody was posting home <laughs> workouts. And now we've had an evolution of people starting to figure out how to monetize it, how to create their tribe, how to create their community. It just, I think it's, you know, we've learned how to adapt and said, okay, we can do it differently. I mean, isn't it amazing how people can't are resilient in that way? Well, I have a question for you is that, you know, have you ever seen such a interest in the fitness space considering you've been in it a lot longer than I have? You know, now you have celebrities are putting up home workouts and they have their own platforms. I mean, just look at some of the people who are on uh, like the, the Avengers. It's like, Thor's got his own platform workout fucking app thing. And, you know, um, Chris Evans was putting up workouts. Like everybody and their mother was putting up workouts. Um, you know, so it's, it kind of, do you feel that it waters down what we do? Yes. It's one of those things where you look at that. It's funny you say that, Kenny, because I hadn't thought about that. But, you know, Chris Helmsworth, Chris, that's who plays Thor, right? Yeah. The dude's a fit guy and I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure, and, you know, this is not at all an attack on who he is, but yeah. what chance to a guy like, I mean, and you're a very popular guy. You've been on TV. You're a well-known trainer. If I'm somebody who has a podcast and does some blogging, you're somebody with a, with a decent following. We can't compete against somebody who has the backing and he can put $2 million into an at-home project or to a uh, fitness online project. You or I can never come up with those kind of resources but for somebody who's a Hollywood actor, two million bucks is is that's a Bugatti they're not going to buy and keep at their third house in in Lake Tahoe. I, I you saw a lot of it, and I think it definitely saturated the market and watered us down a little bit. Um, but again, you just got to keep grinding. You know, um, you know, I look at guys like you who've been in the industry 20, 30 years, and I'm like, that's I'd like to be there. I want to be there. And how do we how do we continue on? How do we parlay that? You know. Um, I want, you know, when I, this is, you'll probably find this pretty interesting too. Yeah. I, I've talked to trainers and stuff here in New York and outside New York. And they say, I don't want to be on the floor for the rest of my life. I don't want to be training. And I'm like, I do. Like, I love what I do. I want to continue training. I want to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, and I think if you don't want to be doing it now, you probably, or you don't want to be doing it in five years and you probably don't want to do it now. So I think the, there's a lot of people who don't realize that like, if you're a trainer, that's what you do. You train, right? It's not like a, an attorney is like, yeah, I don't want to be an attorney. I don't want to be on, in the courtroom anymore. It's like, that's what you do. You know, unless you're one of these fucking guys who just filing fucking paperwork and shit, you know, there's, that's, that's your life. That's what you're supposed to do. And unfortunately the money's not as good in training as it is, being a, an attorney um so oh it's not <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah, obviously not but it's you're, you're right dude because at the beginning of this year i was going to make i was gonna, i gave myself a two to three year plan to make a shift i was going to start working with some friends at a studio going to start training i was getting back into coaching rugby i wanted to start training high school rugby players here in san diego 
And that's got, that's kind of upended everything. And, you know, when we got the gyms closed down and still here in California, in San Diego, we, our gyms are closed right now. They, they were open for about three or four weeks and then whatever, somebody somewhere decided that a ratio or a number was, didn't look good. And they may just like New York, we may get them back open again. People, I mean, the parents I've talked to don't want to send their kids back into the gym. I've been training a few kids via Zoom um, and I'm actually start training uh, them in, in one of the kids' backyard one or two days a week. But it's like all of a sudden you, you have to reevaluate because, yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to do just to let you and, I, and, and listeners on a secret is I want to I want to be able to focus on the podcast and grow the podcast. But I would also I want to be in a studio four to six hours a day working with people dude, because you're molding whether you're working with kids or whether you're working with people that are that are that are my age, a little bit older. You have an impact. One of the best things about fitness. And I think that's why a lot of us get into it is we're impacting. We're changing people's lives. You know, we're, yeah. we're making the world a better place. And it sounds kind of conflated, but not this is how I look at it is if, if you give me a workout today, you've made my day a little bit better. And I know you take that approach, bro. I mean, but isn't that, isn't that one of the hardest things right now is that you feel like you're not contributing to the greater good. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely wish I was doing it on a bigger scale. Like I was, I mean, at the gym, I just felt like, you know, this, this was my, my journey. Now it's just pivoting to the left and to the right. Sorry, um, to figure out what's next. Nothing feels like it's getting any better. That's for sure. And it's like when I hear gyms that close down and reopen up and then reclose down, it's just like fuck. I mean, you have a, you have just as much of a chance going outside and getting fucking hit by a car than you do catching COVID. Yeah, I mean, I go I go swimming and I go swimming in the ocean here in San Diego with meat strapped on me. And I could probably have a chance of getting hit by a great white shark. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and I look I just, at that. Every day we walk out of our homes knowing that there's a chance we can fuck. There's a chance you can die in your home. Fucking yeah. smoke doesn't go off or something. You're fucking burning. It's like people die in their homes. People die everywhere. Right? You can't shut down the world. You can't stop people from making money. That's what I think is fucked up right now is that they're stopping so many people from being able to work. I think if you're an able body and you're willing to take the risk, then go out and do what you need to do. Stop stopping people from doing this. And if you're in fear or you're one of these people who you can be compromised, right, then stay the fucking home, but don't make everyone do it. No. And even, and now that we've had, look again, back in March and April, what we, we didn't know. and, And part of it was your point earlier, we needed to flatten the curve. And we didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals and ICUs. Now with five months of, you know, five months of of work going on, the doctors are figuring out how to treat this. You have different levels of severity, but let's come down to the honesty, dude. Let's come. And and I know there are some outliers of people who are getting COVID who are relatively fit and in good shape, but most of the people getting this don't work out. You know, it's, it's like they don't, they don't exercise. They don't work out. And when you see people that are, that are exercising, we have better immune systems. They're not compromised. We don't have other comorbidities. It just is like I, I, part of it, I think, and I honest to goodness, I think there's some level of jealousy uh, from the political class. If they see us fitness guys, you know, it's kind of like it goes back to the jocks versus the nerds. We <laughs> talked a little bit before I hit record, a little bit of, you know, kind of a, I shared a little high schoolish story with you. But I hadn't yeah. even thought about that. But it, I think it absolutely is true is, is now you have the nerds and the, and the po- politicians making all the policy and they're kind of seeing, hey, the jocks, you know, Forget the jocks. We're going to keep the gyms. Clean. I hadn't thought about it like that, but here we are just jocks versus nerds again. 
I think it's, I think there's nobody in the fitness industry who's got crazy money, like the lobbyists who are in these other positions, right? UFC and fucking WWE are, uh, you know, they're essential news. Are you fucking kidding me? They're open. They're working. That's fine. You know, uh, sports back up, you know, you got all this stuff, but there's nobody lobbying for gyms, right? You got fucking two guys in New Jersey who were, you know, threatening to open their gym every day and they're kicking in their doors and all that shit. I'm sure you saw that shit. Yeah. Those guys, those gym, you know, that's who's fighting for gyms to be open. Everybody else is just like, whatever, I guess we'll just fucking roll with this. But nobody's got the money to fight it. Like the lobbyists of other fucking businesses and stuff. No, you know, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Do I, is there a severity to the, to the virus? If it's too much of it, yes, you'll get it. For sure. I'm sure that's there's some truth to that. But at the same time, more than 400,000 people will die this year of cancer. Uh, more than 400,000 people will die of heart disease. More than 400,000 people will die of 50 other things. Right? How many people just died in fucking, uh, you know, Kuwait, uh, Beirut? Right? What, I mean... I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I just don't get why you would shut down the fucking world, you know? Yeah, and, and that, that, and that becomes, you know, but that becomes, when we look back on this through, through a historical perspective, then we can identify what we did well and what we didn't do well. I mean, that, that becomes the, the, the hardest challenge, right? Is, is how do we know how to plan for something that on the face of it looks awful, but then you get into it. And it's like, yeah, you're right. It's not that bad. It's not, you know, and I, I actually did a little mini podcast about this recently of where it's like, look, I, I think the mask thing is silly. I think it's like whatever. But you know what? I, here, I've, I've decided to have a new a new goal, uh, Kenny, and, and this may or may not be a big life goal. I don't want to be on a viral video freaking out at some store, whatever. I don't want to be a, on a Karen video or the male equipment of a Karen video, right? I mean, it's like, so I don't want to be like, that's like, okay, new life goal. I don't want my, I don't want to be, if I have a viral video, I don't want it to be for getting into a fight at Vons over wearing a mask. So I put on the stupid mask and I go in the store, right? It's a, no, I, I get it. Like, and that's a thing like they, and they say it, they demonize you if you don't agree with it. It's like, you don't care about other people's lives. Do you think that everybody else cares? There are business owners, friends of mine who own businesses in New York. Shit's destroyed, damaged, beat, they got beat up, like, do you give up? You don't give a fuck about them, but you're you're worried about somebody who gets COVID, who frankly has just made piss poor decision after piss poor decision for fucking twenty years, and that's why they're a fat slob and they have fucking heart disease. That's the problem, right? So no one. The I think the biggest problem in life, and I'll go on one of these rants, is nobody has accountability, right? If I did something wrong as a kid, my father knocked the shit out of me, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, your father hit you. Great, it's the best thing you could have fucking done for me." Right. Because it taught me that if I do something wrong, that there is a consequence. I think the problem now is that people do shit wrong and there's no consequence to it. Right. And there's no accountability. We we want to get away from this idea of, you know, capitalism. But if you have some sort of drive and some sort of goal, then your day becomes infinitely better because now you have your sights set on something. Right. With no direction, then you have nothing. People who want to do better tend to do better. You know, everything in the last couple of years that I've kind of listened to is all mindset and, you know, strengthening the mind as much as the body that if you, if you start to focus in on something, 
then you could accomplish that goal. But if you have no goals and you're just waiting for a fucking handout, you know, I think there's, we have this generation of people coming up who are just given something. Oh, you're upset. Okay. Here, we'll give you this. Oh, you, you, you didn't make it here. We'll give you this. It's like, I, there was no fucking participation trophy when we were kids. I had to fuck. If I saw the guy who was the MVP on my baseball team when I was like seven or eight years old and I go, I want to be that guy. I want to be him. How do I get there? I have to work harder. I have to be better. And if I don't get there, fine. At least I tried. You know, no one even wants to fucking try anymore. I think like everyone's just throwing their hands up and just being like, fuck it. Who cares? Government will send me a fucking $500 check. I'll live off that. Well, you know, I, I kind of agree with you on, on some of that, because when I look at this and I've said this for the last two or three years to friends and colleagues, and I feel if you step your foot in the door, I don't care if you're five pounds overweight. I don't care if you're 500 pounds overweight. If you step your foot in the door and you make an attempt to start making your life better through exercise, I think as, a, as an industry, we should embrace those people and try to pull them in. And they 100. are going to have some errors. They are going to have some slips. But at least they're making an attempt. There's somebody I've been following on social media, a guy named Vance Hines, who's lost almost 250 pounds in the last three years. He was motivated by Joe Rogan so October. Here's a dude who he's lost a ton of weight and he's been motivated. Those are the people we need to embrace. But here's the thing, Kenny. If you're not interested in taking that first step, I don't care about you. I'm sorry. I don't care. If If you're sitting there shoveling crap in your face, if you're sitting there shoveling crap in your kid's face, if you're soda after soda, fried food after fried food, and you're sitting there wondering why, how you got 400 pounds and you have no desire to make a change. You have no desire to take that first step. Honestly, I, I really, I don't care. I, I just, God bless, but I don't care about you. But if you take that first step through our door, then we owe it to them and embrace them and try to get, you know, that's how I look at it because I'm sorry, if, if you don't care about at least trying to do something, I have no interest in sharing information with you. But for exactly. listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, this, the fact that you're listening to the podcast, I want you to have this information so you take that next step and reach out to somebody who can help you go a little bit further. But people that people that don't care aren't listening to this podcast anyway. So, you know what? I, I, you know what I mean? I mean, I've kind of come to that conclusion. It's like if you're not interested at all in at least taking a walk around the block to try to make your life better, I have nothing for you. I don't care. You're 100% right. And, you know, that goes... That mentality, though, that value system, that understanding works with everything. You can't tell me, you know, when people would be like, how'd you get on TV? I'm like, I went to auditions. I took classes. You know, how'd you become a trainer? I got certified. I was in the gym. You know, you can't tell me you want to do something or you want to be something and you're not even fucking trying to do it. I want to be in shape. If you never step through the fucking door of a gym, what would you think it's going to miraculously happen? The problem is that no one wants to actually do the work. They see what you have or they see what somebody who's got a business has and only sees, you know, I love that fucking picture of the iceberg, right? You only see what the result. You didn't see the fucking years of hard work. That's what I don't, people are afraid to, I don't want to say grind it out, but people don't want to even take the fucking first step to make life a little bit better. I think if everyone put in the effort that they put into fucking hating each other, 
as they did into making their life a little bit better. I always compare life to being on an airplane, right? Get up there. Pilot says, hey, we're going down, right? The first instruction they give you is put your mask on and then you can put everybody else's mask on, right? Save your own life because that'll set you up for success. The plane still might go down, but at least you have the ability to help other people and everybody's got their own gifts that they could share, right? Some people are funny, some people are smart, some people, whatever it is, and you could share that gift with everybody. But if you're unwilling to put your fucking mask on and save yourself and get in better shape and pursue what you want and do what you need to do on a daily basis to feel good about yourself, then before you could help somebody else, you're still fucked up yourself. So how could you help anybody else up? right? You can't breathe yourself. There are so many people who I think have good intentions, but they're, they're so unhappy with their own lives and so unhappy with their state in where they are in life that they can't even, they can't help somebody else because they're so upset with themselves. I think people just need to kind of start to focus in on themselves, take better care of themselves, eat a little bit better, live a little bit better. And then they become that person that people want to be around, that people look to uh, for information. And that's who successful people are. They do all the things that other people don't want to do and they do them really well. Well, and let me, cause, cause why don't I know a little bit about your backstory and I know, I know that you, 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 you had to go through a transformation yourself as a kid. So you're yeah. not just saying this as somebody who whatever the shit, I mean, Talk, just share a little bit about kind of like that, what you went through, because I can, you and I have the same way. I mean, I had to wear Husky jeans and I, you know, all that stuff. And I was always that chunky kid. And I want to be perfectly clear for listeners and people listen to me regularly know that for me, fitness is not always about appearance. It's about health and longevity. And mm-hmm. so when I mean, if somebody yeah. comes in overweight, I don't care if they lose weight and become skinny. I just want to see them taking that step to improve their lives, to become healthier. I don't care if they ever become a size, whatever the frick that doesn't, to me, that's not important. I just want people to take some responsibility and say, Hey, I have the power to do something for myself and make my life better. Cause I know you've, you've changed your life, dude. I mean, you, you talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I mean, I went, I was 13, 14 years old and I was 235 pounds. I hated myself. I hated myself. I was I was a size 38 jeans or 40 jeans when I was a, a kid. Um, I had glasses. I was awkward. I was, there was points where I'd go to the doctor with my parents and my doctor would be like, you got to put this kid on a diet. He's going to have heart disease. And by the time he's 16, 17 years old, like I was fat for me, I, I realized that no one was going to do it for me, that I had to do it for myself, that I had to make these changes for myself. Um, and it was going to the gym. It was pushing myself a little bit harder. It was being uncomfortable. You know, I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I was more uncomfortable fat and out of shape than I was in a workout though. So it was like, it was one or the other. I remember, and I tell people that this all time, like I used to like break out on my legs. Like I had like rashes on my legs and stuff. I had like chafing in my legs. I would you know, my skin was really shitty. Everything about me, I was just unhappy with. So 
I knew I had to make a change for myself. I had to do something because no one was going to give it to me. That's what I love about the gym. It's like, no one could be like, here, here's the perfect body. Go ahead. And just like you said, I, I tell my clients the same thing. I go, fuck abs. Abs are down the road. You don't need to worry about that. Like everybody's always putting up pictures of their abs and shit. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about you having abs. I don't think everybody has to have abs. Most people who have abs are miserable because they're fucking starving themselves to have abs. You know, and then the people who naturally have it, God bless them. But for the most part, <clears throat> I just want everybody to live a better life. I truly believe, and I've said this a thousand times, I think you could change the world through fitness. People started to take better care of themselves physically. And then you start to see what goes into that. Then you're like, all right, I'll eat a little bit better all right, I want to live a little bit better. I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do that. I want to, I want to, you know, pass this along and share how good I feel with other people. Um, so for me, I think what we do is we could make the world a little bit better. You know, obviously we're not fucking scientists or doctors or anything, but I think what we do is we help people mentally and physically. You know, because you give them the confidence that they need to go out there and be a better, a better employee or a better husband or a better wife or whatever it is, because now they feel good in their own skin. And that's what kind of I was talking about with the with the mask. It's like I want people to feel better in their in their vessel, in their life, in their in their body so that they can go out there and become a better employee, right? Nobody wants to hire somebody. It's statistically shown that people, the employees don't, uh, employers don't hire people who are out of shape. If you can't take care of your body, what makes people think you could take care of whatever you need to take care of at work, you know? So I think all that transfers over. When you see somebody who's put together, who's in great shape, you're probably like, yeah, that guy's got his fucking shit together, right? You'll never look at a guy who's in shape or, you know, he's, dress really nice and say, I bet you he's fucked up. But if you see yeah, and out of shape, you're like, fuck. Like I've been, I've been down at the beach for the past couple of days and I see people who are just fucking so depressed. You can see it in their face. They're fucking massive, massive. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much work to be done down here. There's so much stuff that like, I, I see those people because I, I was one of those people. I was one of them. My family are still some of those people. Right. Like all this shit. I've been a trainer now for over 10 fucking years. And it's now that like my cousins and my aunts and my uncles are like, so what should I do for this? It took me fucking 10 years to break through my own family. Right. My mom was the first one that I was like, you know, when I opened my gym in Jersey, she she came and she worked out and like because I dragged her there basically. But, you know, my dad passed away. Had he have taken better care of himself, he'd still be here. And I say it, it even happened in my own family. So when people are like, you're erratic about fitness, you're too fucking into it. Yeah, blah, I, I didn't need my father to fucking have abs. I needed my father to stop eating fucking ring dings, stop smoking and, you know, mix in a fucking salad or maybe a, a piece of grilled chicken every once in a while and still fucking be here, you know? Um, and, you know, with my mom, it's like my mom had a massive heart attack two years after we did, I got her into fitness and you know the doctor called me up and was like yo you you saved her life her heart we didn't think would be as strong as it was and she survived the surgery you know wow. yeah and she had the what they call the widow maker the wow. heart attack yeah and 
And they were like, her, she shouldn't have survived that. And that's what's crazy. And that's what I, between my mother, myself, you know, everyone else around me, like my sister is like a fitness junkie because of me. She's like, well, I see you do it, you know, and now she does it with her kids and stuff. Like that's, that's the impression I want to leave. That's what I want to do. And everyone could do that because there's so many fucking people in the world. That's the one thing we're not short, uh, short on is people in the world. And if you can be that beacon of light in your family, if you could grind it out and fucking do what you need to do, then look who, the, the people you will save are the people you want to save. If somebody called you up right now and goes, somebody died, the last three people we want them to be is your family, right? So if you can be the light in your family, why wouldn't you do that? Be the fucking stronghold in your family. Be the foundation in your family Don't or your friends. Don't be the fucking crutch. Don't be the one that everybody's always got to shell out cash to. You know, be the one they got to help them out. They're the one who can't come because they're out of shape or they can't do it or blah, blah, blah. You know, the other yesterday I went for we went for a run. I did a workout here uh, down at the beach. It was me, my cousin, my sister, uh, my mom. And I was like, all right, we're going to do a mile run, come back in, do 50 kettlebell swings, do another mile run, come back in. I want everybody to be able to do that. Why shouldn't you be able to do that? You should be able to fucking function. You should be able to run a fucking mile. I think everyone should be able to run a mile. And if you can't run it, walk it. If you can't walk it, crawl it. But figure it the fuck out. Hey, but, you know, hey, Kenny, I love you sharing that story because you can hear your passion and you can hear, I don't want to say, you can hear your observations. And I want people to know that it comes from a place of where you've seen the changes, you've experienced the changes. And it's not that you're just being judgmental. And that, that's the word I was looking for. I mean, you're not being judgmental. You're saying that it's out there, man. You have the opportunity. You've seen your family change. You've changed. And you've seen, I'm sure, countless clients change. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and ask you about what you're doing with your new app and, and the program that you're putting together to try to reach out and connect and create a virtual community. How, what, what is it and, and how did you get started with it? I've said since the beginning, since I started, I'm like, if I could do this for free, I would. Um, but obviously, you know, I got to pay the fucking tax man and I got to keep a roof over my head. So I got to charge something. But ladder team, join ladder, um, kind of reached out to me about a month or so ago. And they were like, hey, we'd love to have you on the team. I saw the other people who were part of ladder who um, I admire each and every one. And there's this guy, Sam Tooley, who's a great coach. Uh, in New Jersey, uh, Ebenezer Samuel, who works for Men's Health, um, Lauren and Megan, these two girls who worked at a gym in New York, who are, I, I love their stuff. I love the content that they put out. Um, so the team that they had put together, uh, you know, I was like, man, I, I respect and admire all these people. Again, they're doing all the things that I want to do. And I don't see them be like, I want what they have. I'm going to be like, all right. I'm going to now align myself with this great group of people and do my own thing, you know, and try to make it my own. Um, so the app is, uh, is pretty cool. I, I, I've been approached to do multiple apps before I've had four or five different offers for apps and none of them really made sense to me. This one was the one that I kind of gravitated towards most because I like the people involved, right? That's step one, uh, to the, the platform allowed me to create a program where if people want more equipment if people want more stuff, then they could order it right on the site, you know, and they have to deal with a company that actually gets them equipment and stuff. Um, 
so you could order the the stuff and then i kind of talk people through it and there's there's music and there's a live chat so if anybody want, has questions for me or you know they could direct message me on the app and we've kind of created this community the, the most important thing to me when it comes to fitness is having people to kind of lean on and uh creating a community i think that's what i've been successful with the most throughout my fitness career is to kind of create little pockets of people who start to get to hang out together and keep keep each other accountable on you know doing workouts and showing up to class and all that um so it had all the elements and aspects of uh what i think fitness is you know that communal aspect um an opportunity to to grow um and for me to program the way i wanted to and and it had uh it had all these other people around me who I admired. So for me, it was a no brainer. Um, and we launched last Monday. So we're, this is officially a week that I've been on the program. Um, and I got a couple hundred people signed up to do it, um, which is very cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it grows and how it grows. Um, but for me, it's, it's been great. I, I, I never had an online platform. I never wanted, and I say this to everybody, I told these guys, I go, guys, I, I never really wanted to be online. I, I'm, I'm more of an in-person. You know, I, I'd like to get to a point where it's, I can charge whatever the fuck I want for in-person because that's what I'm good at. That's what I do, you know, um, like anybody else. Like you get really good at something, you become more desirable and people want to pay you whatever the fuck it is to, to do that. Um, like I like being in person, but this allowed me to reach a different audience and uh, help people that I couldn't have helped before because I'm not in uh, San Francisco or Detroit or Alabama. And I still get to interact with these people and I chat with them on the, on the live chat. And, you know, they're just as excited as somebody who's right in front of you. And, you know, this is, I've never expected the world to fucking shut down like it is right now. So it allows me to continue to do what I love and help people out and um, kind of push the the passion that I have for this. And I, I tell them all the time, like I, I do little talks in the morning or at night, um, just kind of saying like, hey, it's, it's like we, all the stuff we just talked about, it's not really about abs. It's not really about all this other stuff. You know, there's, there's no downside to, to working out, right? You're, you're creating red blood cells, you're creating better circulation, you're, you're releasing endorphins, you there's so much chemical shit that goes on that feels really good. There's also the what you do for other people, what you show people that like, hey, this can be done. Hey, at any size or any weight. I always say, I'll shit on anybody who's not trying, but anybody who's trying, you have my full fucking support. Just like you said, if you're not willing to walk through the door, if you're not willing to get slightly uncomfortable for a better tomorrow, for a better day, then I, I don't know what to tell you. You have to at least fucking try, you know? You have to make that effort. And what type of programming are you doing? I, you know, through the app and, and with people being at home, are you doing primarily body weight workouts? Yeah. Do you have recommending like just get a set of dumbbells, a kettlebell? Like what type yeah. of program people expect through your app? They told me they were like, Hey, what, what kind of equipment could you do at home that could be uh, really effective that you, you kind of program for everybody. And as soon as COVID hit and I knew the world was falling apart and I would have to be at home. I was like, what would I get myself? I was like, all right, I got TRX two or three kettlebells and a band. And I could kind of start from there. 
And then if I want to kind of grow my at-home gym, I could slowly start to grow it. But I think a suspension trainer, it's a great way to start. You know, you can do a lot of cool stuff on that. Uh, kind of work the whole body, work on balance, stability, strength, everything. Um, I love kettlebells. I mean, I've always loved kettlebells. I got into kettlebells very early on. Um, it's always been like one of the primary pieces that I've had in any program that I've written. Um, you know, back in uh, 2015, 14, 15, when I started at Solace, um, you know, they were like, well, what do you need? Because I was telling them, I was like, listen, I'm going to start this hit class. And they were like, well, what do you need? I was like, I need full rack of kettlebells. I need all the kettlebells I could get. I was like, I need some boxes and a rower. You know, and that's how I started the class. With rowers, boxes, and kettlebells. You know, and I based all the workouts off that. And I taught people how to, you know, kind of dummy down kettlebell movements and stuff. So I, I, a lot of the programming that I do is, uh, if you were to ask me my three favorite things, like if I'm, if I'm not in the mood to work out, but I need to do something, I need to get my heart going. I need right before I do an interview or I do something where I need to be like engaged. I'm like, I'm going to run. I'm going to do kettlebell swings and I'm doing pushups. Right. Because those three things to me, right. Sprinting kettlebell swings and pushups to me is like, yeah, that's what I enjoy doing. But I also know that like, all right, I'm getting my heart rate up. I'm running. Um, you know, I'm feeling good when I, when I run. I mean, there, there's obviously truth to a runner's high. And then, um, you know, my kettlebell swings, I know I'm building power, strength, speed. And then with my pushups, I'm getting that little bit of pump that I need because I mean, frankly, I mean, before you go out, don't you do a couple of push-ups and you're like, yeah, I am. Right? <laughs> get the arms, get the yeah, sun's out, guns out, yeah. Yeah, to just to make that T-shirt a little tighter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's like I, I program a lot of stuff like that and um, I try to make it as fun as possible. You know, They're, like, can I go through the boring nuances of, uh, you know, Turkish get-ups and stuff? And I'll program that stuff in there. I'll sneakily put it in. But at the same time, I think people just want to feel good. And that's what I want people to do. I, I want everybody to feel good. You know, I kind of taught class or I still continue to teach class uh, with tough love because I want people to feel good. I love seeing people's faces when they like walk out of the gym, they're like, oh, I feel so good. And, you know, and they're like excited to go out like that. Who the fuck doesn't want to see people do well? Who the, like, it's crazy to me when, when people shit on other people about stuff, when I see guys like you and other, you know, guys who are a little bit older than me, who are still crushing in the fitness industry, it gives me hope. Why the fuck would I want to see you do bad? When I see my clients come in and they're excited or they're, they're, they leave the gym and they're, they feel good. I'm like, they're going to go out and they're going to have a good time and they're going to smile. Why the fuck would I see that? When you see somebody smile, you smile, right? When you see somebody in pain, you're in pain. I don't want to feel that way. So why, why would I do that to somebody? Why do I want to see them lose? You know? And I think that's what's fucking crazy about the world right now. We're, we're so wrapped up in all our own bullshit and our own agendas that you're not willing to help somebody else out. Yes, you got to help yourself first, but not by fucking strangling the guy next to you. You know? Yeah, and that's, yeah I like that because we're all, all this together. And now as we wrap up, before I ask you how people can get the information, I love yeah. the story that you told. I mean, what would you do after your Sunday class? Because I really think for listeners, this, this kind of 
you know, not only are you passionate about your family and, and not only are you passionate, Kenny, about the people who, who you help, but also what I love, I love the story about what you would do after your Sunday workout classes. What, Crunch and Brunch? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no. So I, there was a point where I was just like, I st- I'm still addicted to coaching. Like, I love it. It gets me excited. I look forward to coaching class. Um, and I would, after class, go get brunch, right? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I earned my, you know, my breakfast. I love French toast. I love pancakes. I love a brunch, right? Like, who doesn't love a brunch? I'll have a couple mimosas, uh, an Aperol spritz. But I'm like, I got to, you know, make this work out a little harder or a little longer because we're going to be eating like shit. So what I used to do is run a 90-minute class, and we're actually doing it. I'm so glad you brought it up because this Sunday will be the first one that we're doing in a while. It's called Crunch and Brunch, and basically right afterwards we'll – uh, we'll have everybody who's in class go get brunch afterwards. So everybody gets to hang out after they work out. And I think that's the beauty. That's what we all want. That's what everybody wants. Everybody just wants to feel loved and accepted. You know, I think there's so much animosity in the world because people don't love themselves and they look at what other people have and they feel like they're left out or they feel like they're getting gypped. If I could provide that for two or three people, 50,000 would be great. But if I can do that for two or three people on a daily basis, that's a good day for me, you know? And see, I, see, I love that story, Kenny, because it really it shows it's like, you don't want to just give a workout, but you're trying to build, as I mentioned earlier, you are a community builder. You are a tribe builder. It's not just about giving people a workout is you, you get, and I watch you get energized when you talk about that because you are passionate about, Hey man, it's not just about me. It's about us bringing in here together. How can people get information uh, about what you're doing, about your app? And if they want to find out about your, your online coaching, where can they go for that? Um, just one last thing on that. Yeah. I, like for guys like us, I think fitness is just the vehicle to make people happy. You know, it's just the car to get people to that place where they want to enjoy themselves, you know? And I think for me, that's always been that way. Like I rather do a workout with, 50 people then do a workout on my own. I'm not one of these crazy fucking, you know, CrossFitters who like goes into their basement by themselves and works out for 14 hours a day. To me, it's like, yeah, it's great. I, I like working out, but if I could share that experience with other people, it's, it's more important to me, you know? Um, but where you can find me, uh, at join ladder, um, on Instagram, you could sign up the first week is free. So you get to try a week's worth of programming on, on me. Um, and then, uh, at Kenny Santucci and then, uh, the company I started that kind of umbrellas, everything is strong New York. Uh, I named it strong New York because if I'm going to start with a community, I might as well start with my own. And that's where I'm at in New York. And anybody who wants to make their lives a little better and wants to kind of come into a cool community of people who just want to work out and hang out and enjoy themselves. Uh, that's what I, I kind of did. Uh, and it, it's simply put like, it's Strength is not just about your body. You know, it's not about picking up heavy shit. It's about picking up other people as well. So that's kind of like the tagline for it. You know, pick up heavy shit and pick up other people. And, you know, it's, it, you, in turn, you'll strengthen your mind, body, and spirit. You know, you, you see what it does for other people and you can make other people happy. And why wouldn't you want to do that? And I think anybody who doesn't has fucking some sort of chemical imbalance. I love that. I love that approach, man. I love your straight shot. Now, real quick, before I wrap up the one thing, I, the other podcast, some of the other podcasts I listen to, 
And I have you know, a lot of people listen to Joe Rogan. And I also am a big fan of Two Bears, One Cave with uh, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. And now the interesting thing, the reason why I like listening to them, Kenny, is when they talk about getting ready for a comedy routine. Like I love when Joe Rogan has on like Bill Burr or I, one of the best interviews he did was with Ron White. And, and he, they, they you know talk to the comedians. And what they do is uh, if you watch a Netflix special, if you're watching Tom Segura's latest Netflix special, that took him a year to develop. He took mm-hmm. a year of going on the road, of going to the clubs and doing a night here, a night there to develop the material. Just like you said, the tip of the iceberg. What you see on Netflix is a tip of the iceberg that took more than a year. And not only that, it took him 25, 30 years of his experience to be able to do that. Do you ever feel that way? Because what I like about that is I love hearing that creative process because whether it's Bill Burr writing an hour for Netflix or when you're writing a program, it's the same sort of creative process. And so I love hearing other creators like like these comedians talk about the process because ultimately when you're creating a workout isn't that same sort of creative process yeah i i I think you hit the nail on the head there i i and i see the similarities between what we appreciate i love comedians i love musicians um and to hear the struggle right what everybody said they loved the queen movie and i said i hated it because you don't really get into the struggle that is writing music and creating something so great, right? Like these guys wrote every great rock anthem, right? In the seventies and eighties. And you're like, Oh my God, this is such powerful shit. I want to see the struggle. Like in the Elton John movie or even the Motley Crue one that they did on Netflix. Right. I want to see the nuances of like how they came up with this, right? Those lyrics. If you watch the defiant ones and they talk about, um, you know, like Dr. Dre and all these guys and uh, Jimmy Iovine. And they talk about how Springsteen would sit in the studio and make everybody stay there all night long till he got every little sound perfect. You know, and Tom Petty was the same way. These guys, you see what they became, but those countless nights, right? Or the, the Johnny Cash movie, right? You know, when he's in the studio and they just keep redoing the same line, redoing the same line, redoing the same line. It's the same thing with us. We redo the same workouts and redo the same workouts and rewrite programming, rework. And you're reworking the same material to eventually get it perfect. And those are the countless hours that nobody sees, that nobody wants to see, because frankly, they are fucking boring, monotonous. And you're doing the same thing, the same thing. But that's what leads to greatness. You're doing all the shit that nobody else is willing to do. So if I see somebody successful, I'm like, it didn't happen by mistake. I mean, as much as I think the fucking Kardashians are complete fucking whack jobs, they're doing something right. You don't I, get Yeah, I'm shaking my head up and down, nodding. For listeners, they can't see me, but I'm nodding up and down with everything you're saying because you're absolutely, you have to respect people that go through the process. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, you no one's it just doesn't get handed to you. You know, you want respect, you got to fucking earn it. You want a great body, you got to earn it. And, you know, for me, it's just like, I know that that's the path that I have to go down and it might take me longer. I might be behind the eight ball with some things, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to try, you know? So wherever this road leads me, it's like, if there's a roadblock, I'm going to go over it, go through it, underneath it, around it. I'll figure it the fuck out. Yeah, no, that, that is so, I mean, I love that message, man. And I love the fact that, that you're sharing that and they're wrapping up with that. 
Yeah, like I said, we, we that was part of the beginning of the conversation was, and admittedly so, as I'm listening to it, going through the editing, was part of a little bit of a therapy, I think, for both of us. But it was very cathartic. I don't know about how Kenny felt, but it was somewhat helpful for me to talk with somebody else kind of going through the same thing. And you have to keep in mind that, that really for those of us that work in fitness, for everybody, for everybody in the country, not just fitness, but for everybody in the country, this this whole situation has affected us in different ways. And I think for the most part, people understand that we have to try to get through this. This is such a new issue that there really was not a playbook. There was not a script. Well, actually, depending on certain news reports, maybe one previous administration, the Obama administration, had a playbook on handling a pandemic and maybe a certain current administration led by an orange moron didn't really pay attention. Anyway, that listeners, you guys know, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about politics. Regardless of who you support, just get out and vote. This election cycle is way too important to sit by on the sidelines. So I just want to give you that little, want to give you that little, uh, little bit there. And, and even though we may not vote for the same people, get out there and vote. Do your part. If you disagree with my point of view, fine. Get out there and vote for the people that you support. Get out there and vote for the people that you think should run the government the way it should be run. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But that's really, this was somewhat cathartic to have this conversation and try to get through it because we're all trying to forge a new path. Kenny's working with Ladder, which is an app trying to develop that. I'm trying to develop more content, like the workout programs and the eBooks I'm selling. And for those of you purchasing them, thank you very much. That's how you can support the podcast. Another way you can support the podcast is reach down and give us a five-star review. If you're getting a lot of, if you're getting good information out of listening to All About Fitness, you know how the reviews work. It elevates us up in the search rankings. And I really, for listeners, I just want to take this moment to say thank you. If, if you're a regular listener of All About Fitness, over the last couple of months, the numbers have been going up and up and up. And I really haven't been doing much marketing. I, I'm trying to get better about doing my email list. If you, want to, if you want to get more information, if you want a free chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts, go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com, and sign up for the mailing list. That's the free the free chapter will give you a little bit of information about how exercise does enhance your quality of life. It also comes with a workout that you can use. And I'm starting to get ready. I'm getting ready to do more emails, probably one or two times a month. I don't want to overload your inboxes, but just to give you more information about how you use exercise and how you use it safely and how you use it smartly. Because that is one thing. With everything else going on, the one benefit of being fit is number one, you're healthy. And so your, your risk of developing a COVID or your risk of developing these serious complications from COVID go way down. What was the number I heard? I heard more than 40 football players that won the big Division I schools. Maybe it was Clemson. and I don't know 100% sure if it was Clemson, but I heard there were about 40 football players that, that, were, that had contracted COVID at one point, but they all, they all healed. They, they all recovered. They all got healthy. So there is a reason to be – we don't have to be cavalier. We don't have to forget and not wear our masks. But we also have to realize that if we are fit, if we are healthy, we are at an advantage compared to other people. And so that's one of the reasons why I do what I do is I try to give you the information for little did I know how, how we'd be affected by a pandemic this year. But if you're fit, if you're healthy, if you're exercising on a regular basis, if you're paying attention to what you eat, then guess what? If you do get a virus, whether it's COVID or anything else, your chances of getting through it, it's going to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but your chances of getting through it are pretty high. And that's a pretty good thing, right? The other thing, like I said, I'm working on is, is a book on exercise, the aging process. I have my ebook out, exercise program design for the fountain of youth. 
It gives you a few suggestions or it goes through some of the science about how you can exercise to slow down aging. And that's, I'm going into much greater detail. I'm doing a book called Ageless Intensity. I'm writing it now. I just got a little bit more work to done. It's, it's going to be released in early 2021. But I'm, I'm released, writing a book called Ageless Intensity about the science of high intensity exercise and all the stuff we're finding about how it can really mitigate the, and slow down slow down aging. It really, it really can. There's actually something, a new hormone that they're discovering or they're identifying called growth um, GDF. Oh, geez, I'm forgetting. It's growth something factor. Uh, yeah, GDF is, is the name of the hormone. But what they're finding are people that have, that exercise throughout the lifespan, that, that exercise in their 60s and 70s, have much higher levels of this hormone, which promotes muscle growth at much lower levels of myostatin, which is a hormone that can help help reduce muscle mass. So that's that's a reason for staying fit, number one, right, is to stay fit throughout the aging process. Anyway, again, I want to apologize if you're listening to this all the way to the end. Yes, there was some language in there that I try to avoid normally, but I really think it was cathartic for both of us. And I really, like I said, in New York, there might be a different, it might, New Yorkers might have a different way of doing things, but New Yorkers fundamentally at their core care about others and they care about helping others and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get to some of the best some of the smartest minds most dynamic people in the fitness industry and bring them to you so you can learn how to enhance your quality of life if you want to send me an email you can send it at pete at pete mccallfitness.com pete at pete mccallfitness.com get mad at me for the curse words i'm fine with that if you have any suggestions for guests by all means reach out you can follow me on instagram pete mccall underscore fitness And as always, thanks for stopping by. And I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.